to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. Crickets, crickets. Crickets, I'm crickets, back. crickets, crickets. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have no Mel or Tammy this week. It's just me and Matt. We lost Mel, now we've lost Tammy. Oh no, Matt, I hope nothing happens to you. Don't get sucked back into Kunlun. Don't do it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be really horrible if that's the way it happens. It's just like <laughs> Finn Jones disappears into the the butthole of Kunlun. Um, <laughs> but we have a very special guest this week. First time guest. Welcome to Connor. Yay. Good day, mate. Good day. And we, we've said already, the three of us, that we're really testing the limits of Skype here because we are literally you know three people in the the three corners even though that doesn't exist is not a thing the three corners of the universe so we'll see how skype holds out on this on this podcast fingers crossed if you Uh, cut up a a map into of the world into three (laughs) we'd be on we'd each be on one of those thirds if danny Rand made a little origami flower of a map of the world (laughs) we'd be three of the petals there you go (laughs) or something he could, oh, he could, he could totally, totally do, it. do it. His origami skills were pretty impressive in this episode. Um, so, Connor, I have to ask you, because you are a new guest. Uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. But have you watched ahead of any of the episodes? Are you just up to this one? Have you watched all of them? I've seen the show twice. Oh, okay. You've seen it more than me. I had, and I'm yeah. meant to be the expert. You, to... can... <laughs> you can take over. Oh, okay. Well, all right. It's my podcast now. So... <laughs> So did you watch it? I've had to watch it twice. What changes are you going to make now, now that you're a boss? Um, Well, I'm firing everyone who isn't Australian. Oh, no. Well, actually, except Rebecca. She can stay. Rebecca can stay. uh, The Iron Fist Fist, um, expert, as I call her, Rebecca, who I will bring up something in a minute when we get to the first scene of this episode that me and Rebecca were very excited about possibly being a part of this episode, and then we're let down about. Um, but yeah, Rebecca gets referenced a lot, um, obviously, in this podcast. But how do you know Rebecca, Connor? Um, well, she... Well, I guess this is a good opportunity... Well, I mean... Sorry. <laughs> it's it's, right. it's, it's Well, I didn't really, like... Uh, I was just recording my podcast, which is also an Iron Fist podcast, um, and then, like, my... That was my sneaky way, by the way, of me going, hey, Uh, hey, pimp your podcast, Connor. (laughs) Yeah, Rebecca just sort of came crashing through the wall and sort of just joined our podcast, so now she's part of our podcast, and, yeah, that... That's what she does. Yeah, I can't even remember how it happened, but she's just, yeah. (laughs) And it's (laughs) awesome, like, she's great, so... uh, She... It's good to have a female perspective on me and Carl's, you know, with very, <laughs> Carl's a very masculine person, so. <laughs> Fair enough. So did, yeah. did you yeah, guys, no. like, like, have you covered the whole series of Iron Fist, like, so far? Um, yes, we recently did a three-hour episode just on the whole show. Wow. And, yeah, that... Yeah, we just covered that. That's why I watched the show a second time, just so I could have a more objective uh, look at it instead of just being like, oh, this is awesome, yay. And I yeah. was still pretty much like, oh, this is awesome, yay. But I, <laughs> there was some things I hated, so, yeah. Yeah, me too. 
We'll get we'll get to, to <laughs> one of the things I hated in this episode. Oh, we're finally there, Matt. Hey, we'll see if it's the same thing. Yay. Cool. So I've only got a little bit of news um, this week. Uh, one uh, bit of news is that the Punisher series has wrapped filming, and kind of like I said last week that they did uh, that Joe Casada did a um, a wrap poster for uh, the Defenders when that finished filming. He also did one for the Punisher. Um, which I will post a picture of because presumably it has a lot of the characters on it that we we don't know yet. The only ones I recognised, um, without going into too many, like looking at a lot of the cast members, what they look like and everything, uh, the only people I recognised was obviously John Bernthal um, as Frank Castle and um, Karen Page and uh, Ben Barnes, who is playing Jigsaw. Um, but there's quite a few few characters on there, so I'll post it in the group. Um, but hopefully that means we should get a, a release date relatively soon. Fingers crossed. Um, hooray! hooray. And he has nothing to do with the Defenders show, right? I don't. I, as far as I know, I don't. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know if he's going to turn up, you know, like he did in Daredevil, and just take out some people, and then give Daredevil a little wink and be like, "See you later, Red." You know, I, I honestly don't know. Oh God. Um, I did. It was funny earlier because I was in um, a comic book shop that I go to a lot. And my friend Richard, who's the manager, he kind of said to me that there's a lot of people apparently coming in lately, um, sort of pretty much since Daredevil season two are like, oh, yeah, I've always been a fan of the Punisher. Always, always. And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of Punisher um, pretenders at the moment, (laughs) which I just thought was funny. A lot of people who are kind of. Um, just maintaining they've been a fan of the character for years. I don't know why specifically with the Punisher, but he said they're seeing a lot of that lately, which is kind of weird. There's nothing that annoys nerds more than that. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, nerds get really antsy about that, including me. Me too, yeah. Luckily, yeah, all the characters I like seem to be really controversial, so whatever. Except Daredevil. Everyone loves Daredevil, right? Um, Well, not, not always. Everyone loves him now, but... I had that a bit when the Daredevil series came out, and everyone's like, oh, we love Daredevil. And I was like, look, I stuck with him through the Dark Days, through the Return of the Incredible Hulk, through the Ben Affleck. I've been there. I've always loved him. (laughs) But I think Matt's going to have a a similar thing with this as well, Matt, when um, Twin Peaks comes back, and I'm sure there'll be lots of new Twin Peaks fans going, oh, I love Twin Peaks. And you'll be like... I'll never be able to to go to the uh, Twin Peaks Fest again. I know. You're filled with posers. Oh, you peeksy posers. <laughs> um, so one other quick bit of news was that they have released a trailer for the series uh, that Marvel is, is doing for Cloak and Dagger. And I thought I'd mention that because they are kind of um, street-level heroes. Uh, have either of you guys seen that trailer? Nope. I'm not going to lie. I, like, uh, I skipped through it mm-hmm. <laughs> just to... Yeah, um, it, it looks cool. I mean, I just think it's cool that they're doing a cloak and dagger show. Like, it's not my thing, mm-hmm. and I I never really got into the characters, but I think it's really cool that they're even doing a show about those guys. I think that has the potential. I don't know, I just think the, the characters really can work pretty well for a show. Like, I've seen them pop up in, like, all sorts of stuff I read. So, yeah, I just, I'm just glad that it's happening. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I saw the trailer. I thought it it kind of, it's not very superhero-y. It kind of gets a bit like that towards the end. It feels a little bit um, kind of CW, and I don't mean that in a in a bad way, but it felt 
um, much more like Arrow or Flash than um, the Netflix shows. Um, but I definitely want to check it out because I do like the characters. So it'd be interesting to see how they how they do them. But uh, yeah, I will post a link as well to the trailer on the on the page so everyone can check it out if you haven't already. Uh, well, haven't you heard? What's that? Iron Fist ripped off Arrow. Oh, apparently, 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 yeah. yeah. And they both ripped off uh, Batman and the League of Shadows. Some guy tweeted that to me, and he's like, I'll just leave this here. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay, You can just leave that there, then. I'm not going to bother responding. (laughs) Okay, I won't read it, Um, but you can just leave it there. What do you want me to say? (laughs) (laughs) I've got into many times the um, people saying to me that um, Daredevil um, ripped off Batman... And it's like, uh, oh, come on. All the comics rip off each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, Deadpool ripped off Deathstroke. Is, he did. You know, like, so what? Who cares? Frank Miller was writing Daredevil before mm-hmm. Batman. And mm-hmm. so many elements from his Daredevil carried over into his Batman work. And I love Miller's Batman and Daredevil work. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of the opposite. And then again, it sort of flips back again because when Miller was writing Daredevil, Marvel was like, hey, you're kind of writing this guy like Batman. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. So he's like sort of channeling a bit of Batman in Daredevil anyway. And then all these elements from the Daredevil he was writing went into Batman. You know, we all know Frank Miller has a real thing with ninjas. Yes, yes, well. he does. <laughs> he didn't do ninjas for Batman, but yeah, you know what I mean. Sorry. Yeah. I'm so tired. And That's okay. <laughs> who doesn't... Red Bull's who... not helping, huh? Oh, you need more Red Bull. It is, but... It's working me up too fast. Now I'm <laughs> You're on a sugar buzz. You're just going to start running around the room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I should probably do a few laps. Also, anyway, who doesn't love ninjas? Oh, ninjas. They're great. Okay. In Ninjas vs. Pirates, ninjas all the way. Ninjas. I know, That's well, true. Well, neither does dead. No one really likes ninjas in uh, in these series. That's true. Apart from maybe Nobu. Can I just ask a question about sure. the Punisher series? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it confirmed that Karen's in every single episode? Because I keep looking and it keeps saying that, and I'm just hoping it's not true. Is that on IMDb? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea, because often the IMDb isn't really um, accurate until the show is actually released, and then they okay. kind of change it. Because I'm sure um, that a character that was confirmed to appear in Iron Fist does not show up. I'll just say that. Yeah. I was almost going to spoil that. Um, you know, so I, I don't think it's accurate as yet. I I mean, I don't know if she's going to be a regular. I kind of hope she isn't because I, I've, I've made my feelings about the Punisher series kind of clear before in that. I don't mind there being a Punisher series, but I don't feel like the character, it, it's, it's a formula that the character fits, just like I don't think an Elektra series would really fit because they're both such lone wolf characters Mm. that I feel they both work better at popping up in other people's stories and more like a connective tissue between shows. And if Karen is like a regular, then it's kind of giving him almost like a sidekick slash love interest. And I don't know. And I, I Don't kill people. Yeah. And if we're going to have Micro in it as well, then he's already got this kind of sidekick. And I, I don't know. I'm kind of... I'm. Mm, we'll, we'll see. I love I love John Bernthal as the character, but you know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a 
I've been a huge fan of Punisher, not like Dead of War Iron Fist big, but I've been a very big fan of him. And the way they sort of got around that in like Punisher Max and stuff is they all the character development and drama happens on the criminal side of things mm-hmm. before Frank, you know, eventually kills them all or yeah. most of them. So I feel like if the show did that, it'd be good more. I think but we could get a really good um, jigsaw. Yeah, because we we know yeah. that Jigsaw's going to be a villain, and I think they could really develop him. Um, which I oh, can't is he going to be in it? Is he? Yeah, Jigsaw's definitely in it. Um, ben Barnes is playing. Um, what's his name? When he before he's Jigsaw Russo, Billy Russo. Yeah. See, I, I haven't think... looked into it because I've been so unexcited about it because of the whole Karen thing. Like, not that I. Well, I kind of dislike show Karen. Mm-hmm. I like Deborah and Wall, but um. Yeah, just because I just didn't want more of, you know, Dead Old Season 2. Frank, you can't kill people. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the thing as well. I think we discussed on the podcast with with um, Punisher and Elektra, both characters. Every time, I mean, you can do more interesting things, I think, with Punisher, but every time there's been an Elektra miniseries in comics, it's it, the only thing they've done with it is, Elektra, you can't kill people. Oh, I can't kill people. But I really like killing people, so I'm mm. going to kill people, and that's it. Huh. And it's it's um, it, it, that's why I don't think the character should have got her own film, and I don't think the character should get her own TV series. Even though I love um, Elodie Young in the in the role, but we shall mm. see. I don't think I don't think she'll be getting there'll be an Electra series anytime soon. Anyway, um, no. so this week we are discussing episode five of Iron Fist: Underleaf Pluck Lotus. Um, there wasn't any plucking lotuses that we saw, although Danny talks about his lotus not being plucked at, at one point. So, were you disappointed, oh. Matt, that there was no plucking of lotuses going on? Well, the name of the episode, Underleaf Pluck Lotus, just it, like immediately made me think of some <laughs> Chinese move where you lift somebody's leaf, aka <laughs> their arm, and right? You, and then you reach under there and you pluck out their armpit. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to say you like reach up and you like punch them in the armpit. I was no, like, ow! You got to pluck the lotus out of there. <laughs> you got to have some little tweezers and just keep yeah. doing that. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, ouch. That would hurt. That would be painful. I, Danny's kind of doing that later with all these little mini punches in when they're in the truck. Maybe that's mm. what he was doing. Uh, so this was written by Christine Chambers and directed by Uta... Oh, I can never say her surname. So many words I cannot say in Iron Fist for some reason. Uta Breezewitz? Uta Breezewitz, I'm going to say. Um, so two women, which is really cool. Um, and Uta is a returning director as well. Um, I think this is the first time Christine Chambers has written for any of the shows, I believe. Uh, so the um, description says, An insidious new drug hits New York. Danny recruits Colleen for the fight, and Claire discovers that credit cards can have many uses. That's such a weird description. Claire discovered it? Claire just made that up on the fly? Well, apparently. <laughs> How does it deal like, with these synopsises? They're very strange, because yeah. they obviously don't want to reveal too much, but I, I don't know why, but the Iron Fist ones I'm finding particularly odd. You know, they're very always very strange. vague. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just thinking, like, when uh, Matt Murdock's lung was collapsing in Daredevil Season 1, she didn't use a credit card for that. She, like, stuck a tube in his chest or something, didn't she? Ugh. 
because I remember yeah. it freaked me out because he was then wandering around and then when I fought that other guy and I kept saying to you guys, has he still got that freaking tube cut? Like, has he got a straw coming out of his lung? So gross. Yeah, I was confused by that too because she, like, it's the same injury as before but she's using two different methods. <laughs> Maybe she was like, Danny Rand's rich, he'll have a credit card or two. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, uh, in the first scene, we get these three women walking along the street. Uh, it's very Sex and the City, and they've got these little cases, and they're going to deliver these uh, pitches to different people for this new 100%, 100%, per- 100%, 100% pure 100% of the time, which just reminded me of Anchorman with Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works all the time, uh, with this heroine. Uh, apparently you can never build a tolerance to it and they test it on dreadlock dude um, by giving him a patch and he's very happy so okay connor right i have to say to you what was going through rebecca and my mind when we were watching this scene because of all the details with the hand we've had in the show so far rebecca and i were very excited that this might be the first appearance of the nail which is part of the hand from the comics do you know about the nail I, you know, I might. I actually don't. I well, thought I thought that was a joke. <laughs> is that <laughs> I know. actually a thing? It is actually a thing. It's a ridiculous name, but it is actually a thing. Um, but it's I only kind of know about them because they appeared in um, Daredevil Shadowland, and I think that's why where they were basically created. Um, but the the nail consisted of five women assassins chosen for their extraordinary fighting prowess that served the hand for thousands of years. Um, and Colleen Wing was actually invited at one point to lead uh, the nail and discovered at one point that her mother led the nail 25 years beforehand, which is kind of interesting. But because the nail is this oh. all female, yeah, because the nail is this all female group, I both Rebecca and I were really excited because we were like, oh my God, this might be these three badass assassins who are just coming in to do this drug deal, um, but actually might be these awesome female ninjas, you know, that we're, that are going to develop into characters. Um, because they all seemed quite, like, physically, they were all very distinctive. Um, yeah. Um, but no, they're just drug dealers. <laughs> I was really oh, hoping. Yeah, yeah, I was saying I was really hoping that they were this part of the hand that are in the comics called the nail. Which no. I hate the name, but um, the yeah. the nail is like has some really cool characters in it. So I know one of them is called Cherry Blossom. One's called Black Lotus. Uh, I think one's called Tig, which is kind of a funny name. Um, Yuki. Yeah, it was in Daredevil Shadowland, which uh, no, I can't even remember. Yeah, they turn up in that. I think that's the only time they've been in the comics. But they basically turn up to because Daredevil's lording over Hell's Kitchen and. Uh, leading the hand and yeah and so the hands running all over the place but um that would have been really uh, cool if we've got these badass lady ninjas mel was there when when this came on and she was like is this a uh, robert palmer music video <laughs> did she start singing addicted to love <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh someone please like put that over the top of the scene that would be great <laughs> um i've never taken heroin guys Dreadlock Man seems to get over his hit really quick. <laughs> like, he kind of goes... Like, my, my knowledge of heroin is I've watched Trainspotting. But he seems to, like, fall back and be like, oh, 
And then yeah, kind of see any babies on the ceiling. He didn't right? see any babies on the ceiling. There was no Iggy Pop <laughs> playing. But he just seems to sit up and be like, "Oh yeah, it's really good." And I was like, <laughs> "Is that like I thought it would have lasted longer?" I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, we only got to see him for a second. He was like, "It's like the first time," and then it cuts. Basically, true. it's also magic ninja heroin, so they don't have to explain shit. <laughs> <laughs> magic ninja heroin. Yeah. Oh no. So then we get the credits. And then we cut to Danny in his office and he's reading a report from Rand's lab about the heroin. We find out it's not opiate based. There's nothing illegal about it. <laughs> I really laughed when Danny bowed to Sandy to thank her. <laughs> <laughs> like when these bits where, where Danny is so, I don't know, he's so just genuine and he's, I, I don't know, it's... It just really makes me laugh. He just bows to her, and Sandy's kind of like, "What? What are you doing?" Yeah, he's he's an endearing character. Oh, I, I I love when he does when he pretty much just acts like he's still in Kunlun. Yeah, love those scenes. Yeah, you, you can never you can never go wrong with the fish out of water story. <laughs> That's true. Or a puppy out of the pet shop. Yeah, I think this was a controversial <laughs> point on your podcast, but I loved like all his dojo scenes. He whacks mm-hmm. that kid, and I'm like, yeah, you whack that kid. Disrespecting <laughs> the dojo. I um, well, you can tell us what you think about the dojo scene later. Uh, <laughs> I got some thoughts. <laughs> um, next scene, Joy is in the boardroom, basically in the movie Erin Brockovich, because like this is basically Erin Brockovich, where there's a chemical plant owned by Rand and it's given cancer to people and they're suing this, you know, big company and everything. But then also, isn't this pretty much the case that Foggy and Matt had in their in their flashback when they were young lawyers? Yeah. And that's why Matt wanted them to go solo. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is exactly the same case, apart from it being Rand. But that would have been quite funny if it was Rand in that as well. I haven't seen Aaron Brockovich, but I always, I always assumed that this scene was supposed to be some sort of, I don't know, reference to that. Mm. Because in Daredevil, it showed there were the big evil corporate tycoons, and yeah. Matt Murdock was like, no, I can't, you know, be a lawyer like this. I have to be a crazy hermit lawyer. But <laughs> I thought it was just, yeah, I thought it was like supposed to be sort of directly referencing that because the big tycoons that Matt hates so much, that is Danny's company right now. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they're doing is what they were doing there. They're a big chemical plant giving people cancer and yeah. telling people to fob off when they're like, Hey, stop giving us cancer. So I just imagine like, like Matt listening to the news and hearing about everything that's going on with Rand and this case and getting really angry. And obviously no idea that he's going to be teaming up with, with the guy that the whole scandal is about later. He's going to obviously be teaming up with him. Uh, who's also the guy whose company blinded him by the way. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, how they got? Oh, how do you feel that they got rid of that? In what the, do you mean? I mean, well, because obviously, like the Rand truck blinds in Matt, right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't actually. It, we saw that in the set photos, but they didn't actually show that in the episode in the end. Yeah, which so. I found interesting. They cut it out of the episode because I think that would have been a nice little Easter egg, you know, if people had seen Iron Fist and then gone back yeah. and watched Daredevil. That would have been cool. Um, I think maybe it would have been too early for an Easter egg in the show. It mm-hmm. just would have taken away some of the uh, drama, I guess, if you know what I mean. I wouldn't have been able to see the Rand logo anyway through my tears in that scene, so, you know. 
I was just like sobbing in that scene, first scene of the series, and I was like, ah, "Oh my god, there's a Daredevil show!" Ah. Yeah, I, I was I was emotional as well. I could not believe the the uh, the doc scene. Anyway, that that's for a Daredevil podcast. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> we'll get to another doc scene in this episode. Also, um, Rebecca and I were watching Iron Fist. Pretty much had like a little bingo going on of, "Oh, it's another warehouse. Oh, it's another dock," because we seem to get them in every single. Uh, Netflix uh, Netflix series, particularly Daredevil and um, Iron Fist, they're always at the docks or uh, in a in a warehouse. Uh, and yep. there'll be many more warehouses coming up in this show. Um, so Danny goes to show Ward the heroin and tells him that it's being shipped in through the new pier, and tells him about the Hatchet Men crime syndicate. And Ward's face is just like, "What the hell are you talking <laughs> about?" <laughs> And we find out that the the symbol on the uh, the little heroin things is the symbol for Shaolau the Undying, which it, it's not, is it, Connor? Because the symbol for Shaolau is Danny's brand, or is this well, it what, without yeah, the wings? That's what it is. Yeah, it's ah. a wingless Shaolau. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say why. I don't know why it doesn't have wings, but yeah, it's a, it just doesn't have wings. There, there's a he hasn't had his Red Bull. That's why he hasn't got wings, Matt. Wow. <laughs> well, there's a whole thing in the comics because this, the wingless Shaolau appears in the comics, but it's a completely different context mm-hmm. and there's an explanation for the no wings thing, so I have no idea what they're uh, going for at this point in the show anyway. So, Ooh. your guess is as good as mine. But it's definitely Danny's tattoo, just without the wings. Mm. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's heroin gives you wings instead of Red Bull. Wow. I don't know. They're trying to feed Shaolau heroin or something. <laughs> some big scheme. A dragon on heroin. <laughs> they would need a lot. Uh, mm. I like, I love the bit when Ward starts shuffling the papers to try and hint to get Danny to leave. <laughs> it's like, it's like how news, news anchors just start shuffling their papers when they've finished. Like, it's like, what are you doing, Ward? And then Danny's still just sitting there and then Ward has to kind of look at him and be like, <laughs> go, get out of here, go on, go. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live! Oh. <laughs> and I did tweet earlier um, uh, for at Defenders Pod, I really love Ward Meacham. I love him so much, guys. Like, his his reaction shots are so entertaining to me. Particularly one later yep. we'll get to that has been, that is basically a meme now, I think. <laughs> um, you might I'm be able to guess which like one. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Like... I can understand uh, more why he is the way he is. He feels trapped by, you know, his circumstances. Mm. I think I'll, I definitely I'll like like to... Oh, go on, sorry. On the ward train. Oh, no, I was... Yeah, the ward train. I'll hop on the ward train. I mean, but he is still a bastard. Who oh, is yeah. a complete prick. But I'll definitely hop on that train. And I don't know if you noticed, but in certain scenes, certain angles, he looks like a younger Willem Dafoe. He does, he does, because I, I, I think he looks like, um, I think I said before, like, he looks like a cross between Justin Long and Frank Whaley, but there is a bit of Willem Dafoe in him as well. I like, we, we've actually spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about Ward Meacham's face, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very interesting face. It is. It is a very yes. interesting face. Yep. Yes. We're a very interesting character. Um, mm. yeah, I think it was, um, I've kind of liked him a lot more this watch through because obviously 
I know kind of what's going on in the show and stuff, but I think it was around this time in the first watch that I really started to like Ward. It was around this episode. Um, I think it's the same for a lot of people, actually. Uh, like, around this episode is when people started to like Ward. Yeah, and he became a really popular character. Like, everyone just seems to to really have warmed up to the character, um, mm. which is great. Uh Danny leaves the heroin and Ward puts it in the drawer. Chekhov's heroin. <laughs> I wrote it in my notes because we keep seeing that heroin. Um, and then Danny goes and asks Megan to tell him when the next Red Hook shipment arrives, and he makes her a little origami flower. Oh, is he? Is he hitting on her? <laughs> no, I think he's just being charming. <laughs> you know, I think she's charmed by him with the little origami flower. But, uh, I mean, what would, like, Kunlun hitting on people be? Would he, like, bring her a goat or something? Is there anyone in like, Kunlun to hit on? Because, I mean, like, I'm guessing um, there is, because there's been female Iron Fist before. Well, in the comics, there's women. They're not yeah. treated very well, but um, <laughs> in the show, I have no idea. So it could be just a bunch of bald, sweaty men, like, <laughs> running around in Kunlun. Who knows? Uh, I'd love the idea if he brings her a goat. <laughs> I made you this goat. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> made her a goat. Wow. Yeah. Out Some of, powers right there. <laughs> out of origami, I don't know. <laughs> oh, here you go. I brought you goat. I brought you some roasted donkey. Thanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, donkey, that's even better. Mm, I just imagine donkey being really tough to eat. Probably. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't seem like a, a nice tender tender meat. Um, kangaroos are very tough meat. I've tried kangaroo. It was nice. It is tough. I've also tried alligator. It is nice, but yeah, it's tough. I tried a few different things when I was in Australia. Because when in Rome, really? you have to eat all these crazy things. Yeah. yeah, and some kind of large bird, maybe ostrich, maybe emu. I don't know. It was one of them. I'll just I'll take this really brief tangent we're on, and I'll just say I was in France, mm-hmm. and... We were at a Subway, and they had an Australian sub there, and it was just <laughs> okay. Vegemite and cheese. <laughs> and, like, is this what French people think we eat? Because that is disgusting. <laughs> Maybe, like, 20 years ago, but ugh. Well, uh, Matt, you, are, you and Mel are both fans of Marmite, aren't you? Which is, like, the English Vegemite. Yeah. And you just got to spread it on real thin. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have too much of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good spread very thinly, I guess. God, I haven't had Vegemite for years. I think it's sort of died out here. We had to put on, like, a Vegemite play for some reason when I was in school <laughs> as a kid. Like, I don't even know why, but someone had to dress up as, like, a big Vegemite. And now we know like, why Vegemite really sales weird. died out. Is it because of that? <laughs> yeah. Like, were we being paid to do that? I don't even know. <laughs> the big the big Vegemite company was paying you to be their propaganda. <laughs> They were using the kids oh. to advertise that poison. Are we saying mm. that Vegemite is basically the hand in that they use children? They're like the Illuminati of Australia, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, they're like the Illuminati, only real, just like the hand. Um, so, they always made me laugh. Oh, they didn't. I love that line from last week. So, Joy and Ward head off to lunch. Joy feels bad about the meeting, and she's questioning if she's on the right side or not. And um, But Ward kind of tells her that, no, she is a good person. And we can tell that, obviously, what she's thinking of during that meeting is Harold's cancer, because, obviously, she saw him with cancer. She saw him die. 
And yeah. we know that that he's not dead, and Ward knows, you know, and everything. Um, I like to imagine he's just like dancing with Glee, like Michael Jackson dancing when he's on the wrong screen. <laughs> well, just like villain dance. The amount of opiates he's on, he could be. Who, <laughs> Harold or Ward? Uh, Ward. We'll get to we'll get to those Harold, tablets later. Well, Harold's just on those gross green smoothies and whatever homeopathy stuff he's taking, so he could Harold's, be. And Harold's just Harold's just dancing around because he's like, "Hey, I'm not dead." <laughs> He's like Emperor Palpatine. He's just having a lot of fun being evil. Evil. Like, yeah. Oh, Unlimited power. <laughs> <laughs> no one has more fun at being evil than Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. I love it. God. I love it. He's the he's the best. He's the only good thing about the prequels. <laughs> no, it's just him enjoying no. being evil. <laughs> you are the one who will die. <laughs> force lightning. Force lightning. <laughs> Oh man, those oh those films. Anyway, uh, so uh, Danny sees um, I put in my notes heroin women women. Dan Danny sees heroin women enter the building, um, but that doesn't get brought up like again. But they're obviously going in there to kind of try and do you know report back to Rand. Um, and then Danny has info on the next shipping, and then the woman from the meeting approaches him and shows him a picture of her son. It's like yikes. <laughs> And Danny takes her hand and tells her he's going to make it right. And then we see Shady McGee filming on his phone. Oh, that scene. I was just... Because Danny's, Danny's obviously not, like, the best businessman. In fact, he's the worst businessman. <laughs> but I do feel bad for him because he's just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And he's not wrong. Yeah. I thought, but it just doesn't work like that. I thought this would turn out good for him, just like last episode, when I thought Ward was being all sneaky by <laughs> letting that info out to the reporter. I'm like, he must have some alternate motive. And they're like, nope, it's totally good for Danny, bad for Ward, and Ward somehow didn't realize it. Yeah. Actually, yeah, if, if this if this fucks Ward, then all to Danny. Ward deserves to be just royally screwed in, like, every single opportunity that Danny has, so... Mm. Yeah. I, 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 the, the woman who plays this you know, this mum, I, I found her a little bit over the top, particularly in the board meeting when she started crying. I feel bad for her, obviously. Her son's got cancer, but I was like, oh, I don't know, just the way it was played was a bit... a bit theatrical. I don't know what you guys think. I, I mean, I don't know. I just thought her son has cancer, so I thought true. she would be... Yeah, that's true. I mean, because my mum cries all the time when it comes to me, like... She thought she heard me screaming the other night or something. <laughs> right. In the driveway. I'm like, she's like, did you get hit by a car? And I'm like, no, actually, I ran someone over. And it's probably just them screaming. But... So, I, I, I don't know, my point is mums are stupid and they're annoying and they cry all the time. So I, I was like, well, I was all down with that scene. <laughs> you should have been like, no, I was just burying the body's mum. And one of them wasn't quite dead. What? <laughs> it's just a pair of feet sticking out from under my car. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, in the next scene, we get to something that really annoys me in the show, and I've been trying to mask it. I've, I'm going to spoil it now, and I don't I don't mind, Matt. I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil it. I really don't like Claire Temple in this series. Huh. Um, uh, so, I, and worst, I can't really uh, hide it, and it, it's definitely, and it kind of makes me, it, and I, I will get into it now, because there will be this brought up a few times, and I was going to try and hide it a bit, but I was like, eh, I don't think I can. Um, 
it, it makes me sad because like I really loved the character of Claire in um, Jessica Jones and in Daredevil season one, particularly Daredevil season one. I love the character. Um, yeah. Season two, I even really liked the character as well. And then I started to have issues with her and Luke Cage, and we sort of went over mm-hmm. that when we were covering Luke Cage. And I just, I, I cannot stand her in this series. And when I was watching the show with Rebecca, we were typing our comments back and forth to each other as we were, you know, live watching it. And so many times I was just typing, shut up, Claire, shut up. And I wasn't talking to myself. I was talking to the character. So, uh, I yeah. preach it because I completely agree. In fact, you're lucky you don't have me on for other episodes because I just... I. The amount of times I think I just spent ranting to Rebecca or Carl on, like, stupid character, why can't she go away? <laughs> uh, you know, I agree, I loved her in Daredevil Season 1. She, like, her role in Jessica Jones is, I think, what her role should have been in this show, sort mm-hmm. of, just little. Um, she wore on me in Luke Cage as well, but I think her being in Luke Cage more made a bit more sense because she's actually a character from Luke Cage. Yeah in the comics, but here it's just like, yeah, go away. That being said, I actually didn't mind her in this episode. Uh, on my second my second viewing, anyway, I thought she was fine in this episode. She only starts annoying me later on. So. It, it's not so much her, I think, in this episode in particular. It's the way the character is written, and I'll get into that in a, in a moment, because it's in this She's scene. a nexus... It's like, if this character's in a scene in Iron Fist, we're like, quick, we have to give her really stupid lines... And things that make no sense. She's like a nexus for bad writing. Well, that's the problem, because she is an expositional character. She's the one that's there to Uh link all the shows. Um, But, Matt, what, like, obviously, in terms of Luke Cage, you know, like, when we brought up any issues, I think it was mainly Tammy and I that had the issues with her in Luke Cage. But, like, were you glad to see her come back in the show? Like, did you have any issues with her in this episode? I, I don't really care for her in any of the shows mm-hmm. really so and I kind of agree uh, I didn't like her I've only seen her in this one episode but in this series but yeah this is my least favorite appearance of her okay I know that Don't worry, um, you just get so much better <laughs> okay good. I, I, it's a term I really <laughs> I really hate saying because I think it is way overused and I've seen criticism of the character I've seen people say, oh, she's so freaking awesome, like, she's the best character ever. But I've seen criticism of the character and saying that she is written as a Mary Sue character, and I think that is such an overused term. But the issues yeah. I had with her in this episode were because of that, and the big, biggest example is in this scene where Colleen's training her and basically says to her, I've never had anyone progress faster than you. And it's like, yeah, because I'm... Shittiest- Kick oh, the push seen. kicks were terrible. <laughs> the push. I used to do kickboxing. These push kicks were terrible. She's leaning really back. She's not pushing from her hips. She's not. Uh, I mean, she's. I mean, the actress. I don't know. If she does martial arts, but it, it's just like, why does she have to be the person who is the? She's she's the super duper nurse, but she's also the super duper martial artist as well. Why can't she just be? Because she's meant to be the character that's that symbolises the audience, yes, but don't make her super-duper amazing at everything. Like, why can't she just be someone who does martial arts and is enjoying it and is doing that to protect herself? Like, I I don't... It just... It really irritates me that... And she immediately, in this scene as well, I think is what interrupts me, or I think it's this scene, or later on when they're eating dinner, 
totally just brings the conversation order about herself. And I think that was one of the criticisms Rebecca and I had yeah. a lot of the time was, it's not all about you, Claire. Um, I just found it really grated on me in this 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 show. Um, and because I think I, I've seen the whole series, it was grating on me just watching this episode. Um, which is unfortunate, because I did, I did really love the character from previous shows. Mm. I wasn't a big fan of Claire as you, but uh, she definitely, yeah, it's a bit downhill turn here. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't understand the martial arts thing either. Why they, you know, why she's like, ooh, martial arts, I just don't. I, I think it's Maybe fine. It like, like a crazy uh, kung fu show, but it's not. Yeah, I, I I feel like like it makes sense for the character because she's kind of, you know, she's a bit fed up of always having to be saved by like Matt, I guess. And I think the whole thing in season two of Daredevil in the hospital like really shook her up because she saw her colleague get killed in front of her. Yeah. So I've got no problem with at the end of Luke Cage, her being like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna go and get some training. Um, I don't think it felt like too blatant of, oh, and now she's off to Iron Fist. It's just the fact that she has to be the best. She has to be the best at it. Um, particularly with what we learn about some of Colleen's students later in the ep- in the series, it, it really irks me that she she is the best of the best. It, yeah, it really irritates me. I do, however, like some it's, of the um... interplay between her and Colleen particularly when, obviously, she's kind of helping Colleen out by staying for the meal. Is Chinatown right next to Harlem in Netflix? Is there some weird geography going on here? I mean, we already know that Hell's Kitchen makes up, like, more than half of New York, but... Yeah, Hell's Ki- uh, New York is Hell's Kitchen, Harlem, Chinatown. And uh, because, it, from the impression I got... Like, Claire still lives in Harlem, doesn't she? I don't know. Well, I think so, because she was staying with her mum. She was working with her mum, but we don't know, because Luke has... The last we saw of Luke, he's he's gone off to prison, so... (laughs) I don't know, but... I mean, how is she affording these lessons? Like, where... Like, is she still working at the diner? I don't know. Like, we don't know at the moment. (laughs) Poor Soledad. Yeah. Um... Matt, have you ever ordered takeout for Mel and had the entire restaurant turn up? Well, no, but I'm not rich. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be awesome to actually, do. That. This episode, or I mean, this scene is infuriating because the <laughs> dojo is a sacred place, and you're not supposed to eat there. <laughs> Daddy doesn't care. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take out. I guess, in Daddy's opinion, probably everywhere is the dojo. Really? Yeah. Like, is there a place that isn't the dojo? That's true. I know. I, that's a good point, actually. He interrupts her lesson when he's all like respect the dojo and everything. And it's a good job she's only got the one, the one uh, student who happens to be Claire, rather than her entire class that she would then have to ask to leave, or they'd all have to sit down and eat takeaway with them, which would be quite funny. Yeah, why didn't he hit Claire with a stick? That would have been great. Oh, that would have been great. Um, as Tammy is not here, I will speak on her behalf. I'm sure Tammy would love to order takeout from her favourite place to eat in Orlando, which is called Hotto Potto, and have the entire Hotto Potto turn up. And, and I would also mm. love to do that because Hotto Potto food is amazing, really good. Um, but I'm sure Tammy would say that if she was here. Um, and also, this is I do like the fact that this is the only takeout place that Danny knows because it was his dad's favourite. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite sweet. I, I really liked that. Yeah. 
Uh, and Colleen and Danny are like, well, it's not a date. It's totally not a date. Mm-mm. Are you are you sensing a little bit of sparkage between the two of them now, Matt? <laughs> well, I guess now that they're forcing it. <laughs> is it melting that cold, icy heart of yours? <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't mind if they got together, really. Mm, okay. I, I think at this point, me and Rebecca were going, no, no. But I. Why is that? Uh, because mm-hmm. I I just want Danny and Misty together. <laughs> Robot arm, yeah. robot hand in Iron Fist, skipping through the streets of New York. I don't know if Rebecca's told you, but I hate Misty. Oh, okay. Like, Why do you hate Misty? Just in the show altogether. No, I, actually, I like her in the show. I don't like her in the comics. Okay. Um, just in early Iron Fist, she's just very abrasive, whiny, confrontational, selfish, and I just never got over that phase. <laughs> and, yeah. I just, I just thought I'd point that out so you can hate me that's all right we don't we don't hate we we don't hate anyone um except so, for claire ex- except for claire temple no i don't hate her i just I, i'm just i'm not angry claire temple i'm just disappointed i'm disappointed it in you. sounds like hate it does i know <laughs> I, i'm quite angry i'm just i'm just british i just sound bitter as a you know as a standard <laughs> i guess actually well my point with misty is i wasn't just saying that to be a joke i guess i was more saying that i was going to lead on to um because even though i'm not like a big fan of misty in the comics i still want danny and misty in the show because i think it'd be interesting but you know if if danny and colleen was done right i'm still i still really don't like it because it's like why can't people just be friends like in the comics yeah you know she was like the first First female character in Iron Fist comics, and they didn't hook up ever. Yeah, it was just friendship. That never happened in the seventies. It's you know, it's kind of like the time. Like, yeah, it's it's sort of. It, I think we've said it before in some of the shows. Like you can, you don't have to. I, I, like you don't have to have a love interest in every series, and I feel like they've done it just because in the last two series. Like with Claire and Luke and Danny and Colleen, possibly. Um, whereas I feel that, that there wasn't really one in Daredevil Series 1, not really. And in Jessica Jones, there. Yeah, and I like the way that they handled it in that she's like, uh, no, there's you've got way too much shit going on. I'm not getting involved in this, yeah. which I thought was great. And I think the relationship between Jessica and Luke was important because it it. it related so much to the backstory of both characters in terms of Reva but Claire and Luke I feel like just was there just because and um, Danny and Colleen I don't mind too much but it just feels like again at the moment it's just because it's just because she's the first woman that's not like his his pseudo sister that he's got to know when you look at Iron Fist, the plot, the themes, what it goes for. Aside from Daredevil Season 1, I feel like it has the romance it does not really have a place in it. Mm-hmm. You don't need it to tell the story. Yeah. Um, and they didn't do that with Daredevil Season 1 and I was really glad because I didn't want a huge Karen romance. In yeah, I mean, I think one. I commented that it was we amazing that. That, that like Foggy had more sex in Daredevil Season 1 than, than Matt did. Matt, who's yeah, the infamous Lothario. Right, now that I think about it. <laughs> That's just that's just not right. That's not accurate at all. Oh, no, you've got to drop, throw, throw Foggy some sex. <laughs> <laughs> Foggy's got to get but some yeah, of his often. I don't think Iron Fist really has a place for it. I mean, I won't say, I won't comment further 
um, on what they do, because obviously, you know, we don't know what they do, we're not up to it yet. But yeah, I just think at this point, Iron Fist is not a story, it's not a romance story. Yeah, I, I definitely wish, like, Colleen was more of a confidant than um, yeah. than anything else. But um, we'll see. So Ward is watching the video of Danny and the woman on the laptop with Joy and is very annoyed um, because Danny obviously spoke <laughs> for the whole company and they're now blackmailing the company. Um, mm-hmm. And Ward tries to sort of play it so they can win in court. Um, and he says that Joy has a guilt complex. And then, again, Ward sees the heroine in the drawer and we're like, oh, is he? Uh, is he? And instead he takes a pill and he chases it with whiskey. Now, do you guys want one of your Easter eggs early? Because there's not that many yeah. this week. Okay, cool. So I cool. I am such a dedicated co-host that I did a little bit of research. So I paused it when he got the pills out of the drawer. And I don't know if this is definite, but I had to look at what you could see on the pills. And I think what Ward is taking is, where's the name? Oxycodone, which is an, uh, yeah. an opiate. like So it's pain medication for 24-7 pain and can be habit-forming. Uh, you're meant to take, well, on his it says you're meant to take one pill every 24 hours, which he obviously isn't, and you also shouldn't take it with alcohol. So it's obviously something that he he's, this is an addiction he has going on. But I like the fact that it obviously links in as well, even from the first episode we see him with these pills, it links in with the fact that there's yeah. this heroin and he has an addiction to opiates anyway. Have you guys ever read Stephen King? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Because that, that's totally Stephen King's favourite drug. Oh, is it? <laughs> After that van accident he got in, every oh. single character, pretty much every character in his books got addicted to uh, that drug at some point after being in a vehicle accident of some kind. Oh, yeah, you're like, right. Like, that specific drug. Because um, <laughs> he, got, he got addicted to it in real life. I, you, I think you can tell from some of the, like, particularly Dreamcatcher that he wrote after the crash. That, that book is mm. crazy. It's banana bread. And I think yeah. they bring it up in that See, one as well. He went from being like a coke fiend just to being addicted to painkillers to the post-drug mm-hmm. era where he just talks about painkillers all the time now. So, But I love Stephen King. He's amazing. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, they released the trailer for the remake of It, and I'm very excited um, because I love the original. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. I it, mainly in an ironic way, although it did terrify me as a child, but I just love it. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it. Uh, Despite the like sometimes questionable acting in the original it. Series, oh, totally like questionable still, acting. Yeah. But Tim Curry well, is Tim, amazing. Tim Curry's still great. And plus, it's still a really well crafted story as well. Yeah. The only, um, the only well, thing I haven't I'm, actually read it. Oh, you, you should. Although it's it's. Um, I've read it's got a lot of the issues King that his books. other ones do have as well, you know. <clears throat> I've read most Stephen King books, but I haven't read The Shining or It. <laughs> like, I yeah, I definitely recommend it. it. The Shining, I, I think, like, I mean, personally, I think the the movie, the Kubrick movie, is so embedded in popular culture. Um, it's kind of a weird read with the Shining book because it, it goes into so many other bits. I mean, it's, it's still good, mm. but I never really enjoyed it as much because it deviates a lot from the Kubrick film. And if you see, they did do an adaptation of it, which Stephen King wrote. They did it as like a miniseries with um, Stephen Webber playing Jack Torrance, and it's terrible. 
It's well, Stephen really King bad. got super butthurt about uh, yeah, Stanley yeah. Kubrick's shot. I don't want Kubrick, who's a who was a genius, to do my film. I'm gonna do to my be own. fair, sorry, you go. I was gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna do my own and completely fail. Yeah. Well, I mean, never, movie? never put Stephen King in charge of any like film or television adaptations. He's yes. A, uh, and the other thing is. I can see why Stanley Kubrick could piss him off, because Stanley Kubrick just has a habit of just doing whatever he wants with the source material. Yeah. Like, he completely changed the ending of Clockwork Orange, to, which just completely changes the whole message of the book. Well, apparently, really, as well, so. he used to, like, phone up Stephen King in the middle of the night to yeah. ask him questions, just be like, do you believe in God? And Stephen King's like, what? And he's like, I need to know for the film. <laughs> and so, yeah, I can imagine him really pissing him off. You know, I've, I've heard Stephen King talk about Stanley Kubrick. He doesn't seem to hate Kubrick himself. He just hates the movie. So, mm. um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, like that was a, a, a tangent. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the the It remake. Um, even so though you it, get tangents with me. Oh, totally. We do tangents all the time. We're master of tangents. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was up to. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So Ward has uh, chased the pill with whiskey. Obviously, not a good idea. And immediately the phone chimes from his dad and says, do what Joy says. And then we get my favourite moment in the entire series up to this point with Ward flipping off the office. And this has become, it was so good. It's become like such a meme since. And so many people have like posted this saying, this is uh, like when, uh, like what Iron Fist um, audience says to the critics or something, because the audience reaction to the show is much. much better, and it's just Ward like giving giving everyone the finger. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, my yeah, my favorite moment of the of the series so far. It's so good. I love it. Um. <laughs> yeah, and I just I just love like. Like the whole thing of him, like later as well, ignoring the phone when Harold's calling him, um, oh, just doing all yeah. these things to piss off Harold. I love it. Uh, so takeout is served, and Danny prays to Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha before eating. And Claire asks about the monastery because she sees that he's not eating the meat. And we find out that they only ate vegetables, but occasionally they would sneak out and eat some donkey. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean they would Does sneak out and kill the donkey? No, I think they just steal donkey. Because okay. I'm assuming they eat all the donkey. But does he reference Bodhisattva here? Or was that in another episode? Mm, I think that's in another episode. I think. Yeah, oh, I think okay. it's another episode. He re- references Davos, who we shall get to uh, in our Easter eggs. Or oh, Bodhisattva's a real person. Or maybe Davos is a real person as well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Mm. Not Davros, uh, Matt, from Doctor Who. Da- I thought Davros was something from Game of Thrones. Uh, no, that's Davos. Oh, there is a Davos in Game of Thrones. <laughs> so confusing. There is, he's not as good as this Davos, though. Yeah. Um, it would be great if Danny's friend at Kunlun was like a little Dalek, you know, man. <laughs> <laughs> With a head like a scrotum. And that was his best mate at Kunlun. That's, that's all I know whole, about. It was what? There was a whole issue of old Iron Fist where the, whoever was doing the text kept saying Davros instead of Davos and it really annoyed me <laughs> so, yeah. then it's like Davros should have turned up at the end that would have been amazing <laughs> mm. and then had a go at the uh, the writer and it got really meta actually I don't know if you've heard of this but I, I was I read a Pan Man and Iron Fist the other day because I've been rereading through the old series and there's actually an issue where they fight Daleks oh really 
but they're not actually Daleks, but they're very obviously Daleks. Oh, and, okay. like, their friend, Bob Diamond, he's obviously playing the third Doctor in this play sort Amazing. of thing. Uh, like John Pertwee. So I'll send you the uh, yeah, cheers, issue that'd be number great. after the show. Also, can we please get um, a character called Bob Diamond show up in this show? Because that would be amazing. I was waiting, holding out, still waiting for Bob. Maybe he'll turn up. Bob Diamond. Fabulous goatee. Oh, right. I want this character to turn up in season two, please, Marvel. Um, Well, he's part of Sons of the Tiger, so... Oh, so maybe. Daughters of the Dragon versus Sons of the Tiger. He pops up a lot in Power Man and Iron Fist as well, so... Nice. See, I need to do so much research on Iron Fist. My knowledge of, of it is, uh, and Luke Cage is very limited compared to my Jessica Jones Daredevil knowledge. Um, so the next moment is another moment that really annoys me in the episode, which is when Claire's, like, Danny's talking about, um, you know, being raised in Kunlun, and then Claire's like, oh, yeah, I would have found that really hard. It would have been really hard for me. And I wrote in my notes, it's not about you. <laughs> Go back to Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just, I, I don't know. She just really irritated me in this episode. We're stepping all the bounds. Exactly. Ugh. Can I just, can I just say something about Danny's character here? Sure. Like, um, you know, people be giving Danny a lot of flack. You know, oh, why should we sympathize with him? He's just a rich white guy. Well, I mean, uh, the guy hasn't had the best life. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has a company now for like two weeks, but... When he was 10, he watched both of his parents die, and he trained in Kunlun from the age of 10 for, like, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's... And he hasn't worked for the company like Joy and Ward have, but it's not like he's just lived his life in comfort or anything. And the only meat he's like ever he's, eaten is donkey. He's had a much harder... Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's had a much harder life than any of the other characters, Except maybe Daredevil argument mm-hmm. could be made there. This is the show version, by the way. But I think the show version of Daredevil yeah. is, has had a much easier life than comic Daredevil, I think. Yeah. Comic Daredevil so is... Far. <laughs> comic Daredevil, like, if they ever went into half the stuff that has happened to him in, in the comics in the show, I mean... he's You know, he's had, I like, mean, several nervous breakdowns for a reason. I'm just waiting for Typhoid Mary to come oh, into the show. Like, oh. She'll ruin everything. Oh, I love Typhoid Mary. Um, yeah. Did we also find out oh, in this... Sorry. Oh, no, sorry, go on, go on. Oh, sorry, I guess my original point was, like, yeah, people just keep complaining about how Danny's just, like, owns a company, so he shouldn't complain about anything, but, well, he didn't even want the company, so, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> he just want, he just wanted hugs and a forever home. Exactly. There's no hugs in Kunlun, unless it's, like, a grapple. <laughs> there's, no, there's no crying yeah. in baseball, and there's no hugs in Kunlun. I want that you on a T-shirt. You hit with sticks. Can I please get a T-shirt that says "There's no hugs in Kunlun"? That'd be great. Can someone please get that for me for for Christmas or something? Belated Easter present. Uh, I'm Matt, sure Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca, get on it. We need to wear these at next Comic Con. Matt, were you Matt. surprised to find out that Danny Rand is a virgin, possibly? Well, hopefully he didn't have sex before he was ten. He didn't. He didn't say that, did he? He took a vow of chastity. Yeah, but. Uh, they were talking about it like it was past tense. I don't know. <laughs> but then, so I guess, has he had any yeah. sex since he's been back from Kunlun? Has he had? No, oh, maybe he had sex on the way to New York from Kunlun. Maybe that was how he got in. He had to, he had to <laughs> somebody sex. Well, that's, to get that, that's the country. <laughs> <laughs> but so his his fake passport he had didn't work. So he's like, well, uh, 
<laughs> Check out my abs. Let's let's get going. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, immigration oh lady. <laughs> wow. Now now we know. He's yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Danny's a virgin. Danny is a That's virgin. Go, right? Danny yeah. has not has his lotus plucked yet. And Claire finds that really fascinating for some reason. Yeah, because she's she because she tried to have it on with Matt. She's had it on with Luke, so she's like, Rrr. once she finds out he's got superpowers, she's going to be all over that. Oh, I'm so mean about Claire. <laughs> she's a team pump for the defense. She's a cape chaser. At least she's not like Psylocke in Uncanny X Force. She got around to everyone except for Deadpool. Is oh, God, that was hard to read. What's wrong with Deadpool? <laughs> Well, I mean, he's horribly disfigured, so that was probably... Ah, he's Ryan Reynolds, yeah. though, come on. Yeah. Even horribly oh, disfigured Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I don't know. I was I was worried that they were going to have, like, Claire and Danny hook up, and I was like, don't you dare, I can't have Claire having slept with Luke and Danny. No. It would have been pretty funny, but not in a good way. No. And Misty having slept with Luke, no, 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 can't have it. Can't have it. Yeah, I want Luke my... really gets around, doesn't he? Luke, Luke totally gets around. He's had so many ladies. Well, hey, not so many. He's only had like three, but teeth. you know, he's had he's had more than Matt. Matt's only had one. Poor Matt. <laughs> um, as opposed to like a thousand Two. from the comics. Two. Well, Karen, yeah, sort of, I guess. Well, uh, I mean, does Claire count? Because there's Electra, obviously. Oh yeah, that's three. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, so Danny tells Colleen about the corruption at Rand, and he wants to prove to Ward that the drug shipment is happening. So he's like, hey, come with me to watch my back. Um, by the way, Claire has left and taken all the food, which I totally would have as well. Uh, and this is when we yeah. this is when we find out that he's bought her. <laughs> well, because she took all the food. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not... Anyway. But I would have totally done that as well, because I'm like, yeah, a nice, you know, nice food paid for. Totally, I'm totally taking some. Um, and there was loads of it there. So we find out that Danny has bought the whole building. I was like, Danny, that's a little bit Christian Grey. I don't know if I like that. It's a little bit mm. creepy. I liked it. I mean, obviously it's, you know, not something you would do, which is exactly why I like it, because to Danny <laughs> it's it's such a simple problem for him to solve. Like, mm-hmm. he's just doing, like, one plus one in his head, and he's like, oh, no, I'll just buy the building. That'll solve everything. And he just doesn't realise that... It's not really the way to go about things, but yeah. I do like that he explains later that he doesn't really get, like, social norms, you know? Like, he sort of says yeah. that he never knows what he's doing until he finds out that it's the wrong thing. Um, so I do like that they're kind of self-aware of, of that in the show. Um, I mean, it's, it's the wrong thing in our society, but not necessarily where he came from. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, he just sees that he's doing a favour for... For Colleen, I think. Like, there's a whole thing. Um, you know, I was studying philosophy for a few years. There was a saying like, once you go east, you can't really go back. Whereas, so if you went like to study Eastern philosophy and you just went full on deep into it, you yeah. know, you went into. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know the specifics, but if you went to live with monks or something, anyway. Um, uh, this is probably this is probably a bit outdated now because, but it, like. Uh, Back in the day, I'll just say, and if you came back to Western society, you would never, you would never fully integrate back into this way of life because you have just, 
uh, had that different experience that's just permanently changed your worldview mm-hmm. to some extent. And um, obviously, I got I get a lot of vibes, you know, with Danny from that in the comics and in the show, which is one of the reasons I like the character so much is that he he went to this place which is just so fundamentally different from the West. Mm-hmm. And he just has all these different values and stuff, and he, he will never fit into our society, I think. He's always going to be um, a bit, well, what we would call crazy, but, you know, he'll always have those uh, different set of values to us. Yeah. Sorry, rambling. No, that's fine. I think, like, <laughs> even if it's it's not even necessarily going east or whatever, I think it's just, you know, it's the whole thing of travel broadens the mind. You're going to be forever changed. Yeah. You know, it's like learning about any other um, society or group of people is always going to um, to have that kind of effect, you know, whether positive or negative. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we can we we can tell in this that he's, you know, he's not he's not the guy like he says, he's not the guy that his dad probably would have wanted to be CEO of the company. Um, yeah. Uh, we get like a, the scene where we go back to board meetings um, where Ward is explaining about this case. Matt, are you bored of board meetings in this show? Because that was one of the big criticisms that people had against the first six episodes. They're not that long. No, but a lot of people were like, oh, we just want to see fighting, not board meetings. You yawn, moan, moan, moan. Um, no, they're okay and they're not that long and half of them have Danny in them and he messes them up and it's fun (laughs) (laughs) or he's just waving at people (laughs) yeah cool um the next scene in the dojo where Danny is examining (laughs) Colleen's sword I'm like um do do you wanna do you wanna ask before you put your grubby mitts all over her katana she ever gonna get to use that sword because if she like takes it out she's like you know what else are you going to do with that besides straight up murder someone? <laughs> <laughs> Look like a badass. <laughs> um, uh, spoilers, she might use it later in the show, Matt. <laughs> I'm sure she will. It'll be life or death. She'll have to kill a ninja. <laughs> but, well, like, hurts. Yeah, for the most part, like, she'd just have to pull some, like, Leonardo from Ninja Turtles cartoon bullshit where they, like, <laughs> cut things above and below the car- the attacker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cut their gun in half. <laughs> Well, like, um, like Danny totally thinks he's a Ninja Turtle in a minute. He totally thinks he's Michelangelo because he gets the old nunchucks and he's like, look at me, I'm so cool. And Colleen's like, uh, anyone can do that, bitch. What else? I love it. It's great. Is this the bit where she gets super mad that he's using Chinese sword fighting with yes. Katana? Yes. Because I like, like that. That's uh, great, yeah, that she tells him off. It's brilliant. I just love the fact that it's also, like, it's not all just one vague martial art. She's like, hey... Why are you do, why are you doing that uh, Chinese bullshit with my ancient Japanese heirloom? Mm-hmm. Says the person with Chinese right. name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like uh, I don't want to go into the whitewashing thing, but I I think it uh, uh, isn't uh, the actress that plays Colleen like half Chinese. I think she's uh, from Singapore. Half, half from Singapore, See, I think. In my opinion, getting that person to play a Japanese character is way more uh, culturally insane. Well, she's meant to be half Japanese, then. half um, half uh, Chinese, is the, the character from the comics. Yeah. Well, Ooh. um, yeah, also half white. <laughs> she sort of seems in the comics. I don't know. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I feel um, like just yeah, casting. Oh, we don't. It doesn't matter what type of Asian person we get, as long as they're Asian, they can play any sort of. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a problem in a lot of stuff though. It's just like, you know, it's like um, where you just you know where you get casting calls and it's just we want someone exotic. And it's yeah. just anything but white. It's it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I think that that was much more of a. I don't know, that that struck me as much more culturally insensitive than keeping Danny White from the comics, but whatever. Which he, yeah, which he actually is in the comics. Uh, I'm gonna find out where she's from. I'm trying to have a look. Direct the hate mail to my podcast. I'll take that. Oh, that's fine. Uh, that's <laughs> fine. Um. Uh, so her father was Zambian English and her mother was Singaporean Chinese. Hmm. Yeah, so she's half Chinese. Oh, a lot of nationalities. Yeah. Um, so Danny is completely blown away by her nunchuck skills and is like, oh, "You're amazing." <laughs> uh, we get uh, the return of Tembi on the news, which I love. I love Tembi. Um, she's reporting on the scandal. And Harold is trying to get hold of Ward, and Ward just ignores it. And then he takes possibly his last tablet and looks at the heroin again. So do we think he's taken this heroin? Because he's really out of it later when Joy finds him. I thought that was the idea, yeah. I mean, they don't say it definitely, but that seems to be the case. And also the fact that Joy says, what have you taken, obviously hints that he's, she knows that he has an an issue with uh, substance abuse. So we are at the Marvel Netflix pier again in the next scene. Uh, Danny and Clean are running around in black with their hoods up, pretending to be season one Matt Murdock. Um, and this is when they have their big conversation about Colleen kind of talks about enjoying hurting the guys in the cage fighting, which is kind of what we speculated on before. And they have a little yeah. bit of a moment when Danny says, do you, do you have anyone, Colleen? <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> Danny and Misty Knight Forever's OTP. I like I like this because uh, this is the first of these four shows where the the main character has like a legit sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I actually I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. That that it's sort of like a little Batman and Robin thing going on. Yeah. Which I, I really... Because, yeah, actually, now you point out, yeah, all the other shows, they've been real lone wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in this, yeah, no, Danny totally has a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Well, maybe maybe he's her sidekick. That's how it is in my head. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You guys wish. She's like the iron fist. <laughs> well, she's the daughter of the dragon. Mm. What if she was the daughter of a literal dragon and she got upset because she found out that Danny had to defeat her dad to become the Iron Fist? I think that raises a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, and because they were running around like a, a pier here, you know, and there's all the shipping containers, mm-hmm. I was really hoping they would bump into like Daredevil or Turk and just be <laughs> like, oh, there's someone else investigating this. Um, it was Daredevil beating up someone for information. Totally. Also, they're, they're delivering, the hand's delivering another black sky, you know. There's just this little kid in a shipping container. How many black skies do they have? Oh, they got black skies, I don't know, up the wazoo. So... Um, they're, they're going to Shadowland with that, right? Is that... We... 
well, it seems to be there's a lot of Shadowland vibes for uh, the Defenders series, but we shall see. I feel maybe, like we're going to get Shadowland with Electra, but... Maybe the nail will show up in the end. Oh, yes, the nail. <laughs> the nail. <laughs> the classic characters. Oh, God. Yeah. I can't um, believe I forgot that. That's... The nail. There's also the fist, which is an offshoot of the hand as well. I think there's also the finger. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is the finger in the comics, which is kind of funny. Oh I love the idea God. of the finger. I'm the I finger. Can't <laughs> I can't wait for the uh, all the nerds in the hand who uh, team up, and they're, they're called the digits. Wow. Oh, I'd love that. They do the account. Say, oh, does that mean that that's what Kyle is? He's one of the digits. Oh. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> He's the leader of the Have digits. Awesome. Calculator sure. And... It's been way too long <laughs> since we since we had some good Kyle in this in this show. I'm yeah. missing him. Yeah, Kyle's the best. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's he, awesome. he went off screen and transformed into Madame Gao. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whoa, that'd be awesome that's if he was twist. the actual villain. That'd be great. <laughs> You ruins it for everyone listening. Oh, Matt. <laughs> so I love Danny sneaking onto this truck and then it just driving away with him inside and Colleen's like, shit. And has yeah. to like go and knock this guy out to grab his car. Um, That's, he's, I, I don't know, something about that made me laugh. Like she just runs towards him and he knocks out. He just has a gun and he's just kind of staring at her going, oh, there's this <laughs> skinny chick running towards me. I better be horrified. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would be pretty confused as well, and then I would probably just get knocked out because I wouldn't really know what to do. So I waited too long. I waited too long. <laughs> like, do I shoot this person? Or I mean, you know, I don't think I should shoot. Oh, I'm dead. It was pretty funny when they were opening all the trucks and they just kept getting disappointed with all the trucks. I'm like, why are you reacting so quickly? Like, it could be behind those boxes exactly. or in those boxes, or like, it's like they expected the doors to open and just, like all this white powder to just fall out. Damn it, it's a bunch of suspicious boxes. It's yeah. surely not in here. Yeah, like, particularly the last one is just boxes. Those boxes could have, easily have, lots of heroin in them. I mean, you don't know. Mm. It's like, but they're yeah. just like, well, no, it's totally not heroin because it's got this in it instead. Ooh, what else? Anyway. Um, so, Matt and Connor, when you watch this episode... Like, what did you expect to be in it? Did you expect to be a little chemist man watching a British football game? Because I was surprised. <laughs> did you get teleported to somebody's apartment? Was there, was there some sort of mystic gateway in the in that cargo container? <laughs> I just love he's got like this little uh, house in this container, like with a little bunk bed and everything. I wasn't really surprised. I just thought it was neat. It was yeah. like a neat little set piece. Um, yeah, I love this fight. I think this fight is great. I, although, yeah, I was like, actually, why is that guy standing up to him so well? <laughs> He's just some ran, rando. I guess... Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I watched this fight again. Uh, are we good to talk about the fight? Or Yeah, sure, go yeah. for it. Okay, well, um, yeah, I watched this fight again recently because... Um, I started in like and Rebecca's like I liked it and I'm like okay well I'll watch it again and I watched it again and I liked it this time a bit too many editing cuts for me mm-hmm. um, which isn't like uh, I mean I've, I've I've already emailed about the fights I, I generally like them um, but as for this guy standing up to Danny uh, I'm assuming because I just because obviously the guy like the only other time where one guy has stood up to Danny so far is when Danny got 
punched in the back of the head with knuckle dusters, and that was like the start of the fight. So obviously Danny's going to be groggy. Mm-hmm. This guy is very That's experienced trouble. at fighting in rocky containers. Yeah, yes. maybe that's it. Maybe this guy's just used... Because, well, I thought, yeah, the truck is all wobbly and stuff, so Danny might have trouble holding his footing. That being said, it's like, well, Danny is still the living weapon, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe this guy's just an exceptional fighter as well. In fact, we do find out... Um, is it this episode? What's that? Oh, anyway, this guy is... Well, he's he's part of a group. Well, he meets up with Madame that. Gao later. Yeah. So he's he's implied to be a member of the Hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that could explain why he's good at fighting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like, because so I feel like... I, I, yeah. So he's a ninja? I don't know if he's a ninja, well, but I mean, he's definitely part of the Hand by the looks, because he's... Well, the thing... Yeah. I don't want to go into the Hand too much, because for obvious reasons, but... Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, he. I feel like he's part of the hand, and he has that sort of training. Yeah. Um, not necessarily ninja training, but like definitely warrior training. And he didn't. And he didn't give Danny that much pause. To be fair. My favorite um, bit of the fight is when Danny uh, kind of channels his inner Rapunzel from Tangled and picks up a true. frying pan and throws it at him. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Danny gets the chemist stab. That was my favourite part of the fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what are <laughs> you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's Danny's fault. It's like, don't run with the knife towards the guy you're trying to protect. I mean, redirect this attack over here. Oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get I mean, the, the Iron Fist obviously show up as well because uh, he punches the door out, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and then it's always the music that comes along with the Iron Fist, which I really love. Oh, yeah, the score's like great. The theme, yeah. Still no news from Mondo about a, a vinyl release. Get on it, Mondo. I need it to complete my collection. I mean, there, there would be, right? Like, how long did it take oh, to, to do the other ones? Like, um, an after the show? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I need it. I need it. I need this music on vinyl. I'm really curious to so see gorgeous. the artwork. Yeah, me too. Um... Yeah. In this bit as well, like, I, when, as soon as the doctor got stabbed and I was making my notes, I put, oh, well, it's a good job that you've just met a nurse, Danny. What a coincidence. And that's it. It's like Claire turning up in this episode. It just feels a bit too coincidental. Like, she literally turns up just before they have this guy stabbed. Like, I, why couldn't she turn up in a previous, well, actually, no. I don't know. It just, it just feels a bit like. Yeah, let's have more Claire. No, no. (laughs) Um, the next scene I love with Ward just like passed out in his office, the pillbox is empty. And then this is where Ward's acting all crazy and he's like, oh, he's going to hear. And there's like thunder and lightning in the background. And Ward's kind of looking around as though Harold's controlling the weather. It's so Mm. great. I love it. He's just kind of like, oh, he can hear me through the lightning. (laughs) I was glad to see that in this like inebriated state or whatever he did not hit on his sister which means yeah. it's not gonna happen we, we, can, we can write that 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 fear off he's not they're not uh that kind of brother sister combo mm, not yet they're not Matt. <laughs> not, not, not until episode 12 i was, was kind of hoping for that uh, <laughs> look, it's, like. not, it's not game of thrones even though we have two of the cast in it it's not game of thrones that's true mm. i don't like game of thrones mm. 
What? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not shipping them. <laughs> Please don't ship the brother and sister. I said that half in jest. I, I mean, I do think I do think it would have been a neat way to go with them, but like, I don't mind that they didn't share it that way with them. Um, I look, I just ship Danny and his Iron Fist. Okay, that's that's all the shipping I need. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I just I love I love Ward. Joy to me is still a bit me as a character, but. I, I mean, it I, I can't surprise me if Harold was controlling the weather. <laughs> like, from he's, his oxygen, he, normal He's, uh, he's Storm like... from the X-Men. He's just floating outside the window with a white cape on <laughs> and white contact lenses. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, so, Claire goes to the uh, the dojo to see to the, the wound on um, um, Radovan, the chemist, and uses Danny's credit card, obviously, for a chest seal. And I put, she is the queen of collapsing lungs. Um, and Danny's totally just like, oh, hey, Colleen, can this bleeding man stay in your bedroom? <laughs> no. No, he can't. <laughs> I'd be like, no, take him to a hospital, please. I do love Claire's reaction when she finds out about the hand. She's so pissed. And I really like that. Because mm. that's, a, that's, a, that's a human reaction, you know? Yeah. That solidifies her as uh, somebody who's going to stay in his life now. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's I mean, now she's met all of them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like she she's like she doesn't know he has superpowers or whatever at this at this point. And she's saying, oh, you know, it requires special skills. And I was like, oh, she's about to call her friends. And then he's like, I've been training my whole life for this. So she's like, well, yeah, you can do, do it on your own, but don't go alone. And then Colleen's like, oh, I'll help. And I think that's Claire being like, well, no need to. Uh, I just had uh, Matt on speed dial, but no need to call him. OK, fine. You know, and I think that's how they're going yeah, to explain that, that the yeah. others aren't showing up anytime soon. It it, it barely passes here in mm-hmm. this episode. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. And in the next scene, the last scene, we get a confirmation that it's Madame Gal. We've known all along it's Madame Gal because I know they reveal know, it like it's a big deal. It's like oh, Madame Gal is Madame Gal. <laughs> What? <laughs> but oh my god, when she got that sword out of her stick, oh, so badass. I was like, oh, that's freaking awesome. It's like, you know, it's like, um, what's his face? Uh, Rutger Hauer in Blind Fury with his little stick, and he's doing the whole Zatoichi thing, and then he, like, pulls a like, katana out of his little walking stick, and you're like, oh, that's so badass. I love it. It's like a trope, but I love and she, like, totally stabs this guy through the back of the head. It's the first time we see her kill someone directly as well. Yeah, we've seen her attack uh, Matt before, but... Um, not oh, kill not someone. Kill, no, not kill anyone. Yeah, that no, that crazy thing in Dead of <laughs> <laughs> when someone When someone tells you kneel, that's when you run. <laughs> exactly, it never ends well. <laughs> yeah. You just kick her her stick out from under her, kick her ankles out from under her and run away. She falls over. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that was the episode, guys. So I have, I think, two... No, one Easter egg left, because we've got over the others. One Easter egg. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, well, it's post-Easter, yep. so... I mean, the Easter eggs were cheap in the stores, because they're on clearance, but I could still only get one. So Danny makes reference to his friend Davos from Kunlun, who we've mentioned a bit before. 
So in the comics, Davos is the son of Danny's teacher, Lee Kung the Thunderer. Uh, and he also has another name in the comics, but I'm not going to say it because it's kind of spoilery. But he's, yeah, he's kind of a big deal, Matt. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that was your Easter eggs, guys. <laughs> uh, Connor, do you have any quotes? You're our special guest, so you can go first. Um, honestly, no. <laughs> That's fine. That, that is um, fine. Unless Ward giving the finger to... <laughs> do, that, do that as a quote. Presence counts. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that totally that, that counts works. as a quote. Like, actually, I, what, uh, actually, the uh, Colleen calling out Daniel on his uh, where's your bullshit when he's waving her sword around. I really like that one. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I, I have a bit of a cheesy one that made me kind of roll my eyes a bit because it was really cheesy, which is in that last scene, which is Madame Gal saying, his hands? Are you sure it wasn't his fist? <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> they aren't they the same thing? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Matt, have you got any quotes? You know, I plum forgot. <laughs> That's fine. I don't think I've... I've got a couple. Uh, oh, no, the only other one I had was Ward, which was, suck on that, Dad, which was when he was watching Tembi's report. I didn't have many oh. as many as last week. I had loads last week. In lieu of a quote, I do have a funny observation. Oh, okay. I'll, uh, okay, uh, go for it. Danny's suit is covered in some sort of cat or dog hair. <laughs> is it? I never noticed that. It looked like it. I'm like, Uh-oh. everybody else's suits are like nice and clean, and his looks like it looks like it's covered in cat hair or something. You know what this know. means? Danny is actually becoming a puppy. It's what we <laughs> knew all along. He's a wear puppy. <laughs> That's so weird. He's just I, I been going around hugging like, dogs. I just thought it was maybe like <laughs> just to show that you know he's not meant for this world. He. uh... He, he doesn't have a clean suit, you know. So. Maybe he went down to the um, the animal shelter before he went to work and was just hugging all the the cats and dogs because he's he just wants hugs. <laughs> and he's like, the cats and dogs will hug like me. What if he has like a bunch of donkeys in his pants? <laughs> to remind him of Kunlun. Oh, that would be amazing if like like Jerry the goes to check ones. out the uh, the penthouse, you know, that's being provided by a yeah. law firm and there's just donkeys wandering around. <laughs> She's like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, I'd love that. All right, well, now it's time for feedback. and uh, We've got a few. Matt, are you able to play a voicemail from Dr. Moira Brown? Yeah, I can try. Thank you, Moira. Thank you. Connor, do you want to read a feedback? Sure. You don't have to. Okay. Um, no. Because I know Matt's I voice like is a bit scratchy. Matt's got that sexy, husky voice going on. Yeah. Yeah. That Red Bull is <laughs> literally just pouring acids into my chest. Oh. Well, uh, I've, get, I've sent you quite a long feedback. Oh. If it's too long, then don't worry about it. We can no, we no, can no, take no, two. Uh, this, I, can read I was just complaining. I can read it. Oh. <laughs> this is from this uh, email is from Nutty, who we know as she's still watching the show because she's sending um, feedback from other episodes. So she's way ahead of us, but she's still watching the show, which is good news. Is the big reveal that the little old lady using a cane is really Madame Gao a big thing? We're not supposed to know that already. Exactly. <laughs> it felt like they were making a big deal of it, but come on, who else is it going to be? 
I mean, I thought it, it could be, be Nobu, but... It could whatever. be Kyle. It could be Kyle, and he, he's just dressed up as Madam Cow. Ward is a dum-dum, agreed. <laughs> he dismisses Danny, even though he knows he is right about a lot of stuff, and his father said to trust him. But as an F.U. to his dad, he refuses to take anything Danny says seriously. Thanks, Ward. He learns that his dad is watching him and has to go against his orders, because that's as good as he can get in rebelling. Yeah. Meanwhile, being a jerk to Joy, and she's still backing him up. He doesn't deserve her. Joy isn't perfect, but she's got issues. But seriously, no one here deserves her. And then Ward uses the synthetic heroin, right? That's yeah. a good move. But you can't reason with junkies, I guess. I still love Ward. I love him. I mean, I think that's the point. Ward's just a huge fuck-up. Like, yeah. I feel like it would be doing Ward wrong if he just wasn't screwing everything up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, think he's... So, it's kind of like... I'll compare him to um simpson in jessica jones like i i didn't like the character necessarily but i loved watching the character you know yeah like there's certain characters that i i just love watching and even when they do repeatedly do despicable things um and i just love the character for that reason they're just really interesting to watch and that's how i find ward as well i mean if ward started acting logically and caring then i think they'll be doing him wrong yeah <laughs> like he's yeah um, and uh, next part of the email, uh, yay, Claire is here, and she has been a good ally to her sensei. Creepy guy doesn't respect her time or <laughs> commitments and brings fine dining into the dojo. She stays till she is sure Colleen is okay. Yes, she totally butted in and imposed on them, but I don't, I see that as a thing women do for each other. Yeah, I've we do. a few times. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty sure that's happened to me. <laughs> when you brought a whole takeout to somewhere, to a dojo. Well, not that part, but yeah. Um, Danny kind of says he's celibate. Okay, things are easier now, she can leave. Oh, but don't forget to take most of the food. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was fine with Claire staying for dinner. Like, I understood that too, because yeah. Danny's just like, let me interrupt your lesson with this fancy meal. Yeah, and Colleen wanted her to stay, so it's... You know, Colleen was inviting yeah. her to, Leah wanted her to. That's the big difference. If if Colleen hadn't wanted her to either, but Claire's just like, well, I'm going to totally crash your dinner. Yeah, that would have be been really different. Yeah, but... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, not sure what Danny expected to see at the pier. Even if they were bringing drugs in, it would just look like boxes and cargo. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And why do they bother opening the trucks just to close them up and drive off? <laughs> yeah, Makes that's no true. Sense. We better open like, these trucks in like... case someone's looking and <laughs> wants to know what's in them. I mean, I assume that was just checking that you know, nothing was wrong with it. I guess so. No boxes were missing. No one snuck off with any boxes. Um, it, I mean, for an organization like that, it makes sense to me that they would double check that all the goods are there. So, you know, with risk of execution if they're not all there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I find it hard to believe that we expect to think Danny is this great fighter and couldn't stop the chemist from being stabbed. He didn't stop him from being stabbed. He's um, pretty much the one who stabbed him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like Danny should have been more aware of his surroundings, but that was a nitpick on my part. Yeah. Um, I mean, the truck was moving and stuff. I think we already went into that, though, that the guy was, like, trained by the hand. So yeah. what do you guys think? Maybe, maybe uh, um, Danny was also distracted by the football game as well. <laughs> he like wanted to know yeah, who was he winning. Money on that. <laughs> I kind of do He's wonder if like I, I couldn't see like what team it was that was playing, but I did wonder if um, it was like a little uh, Easter egg thing that it's maybe the the team that like Finn Jones supports, obviously being British. 
Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's into football, so I'd kind of wonder if they, they did that, you know, because it's his team or something. No idea. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, please tell me we have Dr. Moira to explain the medicine in this episode. I've heard of using cellophane for sucking a chest wound to do what Claire expi- explained, but never a credit card. And why was it Danny's black card and not like a Costo card or a Metro <laughs> Pass or something simple? You want to think that allows air out to be more flexible, I think. Moira, please inform us. Uh, I hope this next part is in this episode. I watched two back-to-back, so if it isn't, Claire, please save it for next it, week. It is in this episode, so that's fine. Yeah. I love how when Danny mentions the hand, Claire is all over it. Claire using past knowledge from other shows is my favourite thing. Thank you, Nutty. And that's the end of the email. Thank you. Thank you for sending us feedback every week as well. I love it. Hmm. Um, we have another email as well for this week from Sedna, and we have no Mel here. So I'm going to have to try and do a Mel impression. <laughs> oh, no. Ah. Uh, I will try and do my best. Uh, okay. So here is Sedna's email on episode five. I finished the season at last. Been thinking a lot about why I just don't care about Danny Rand. Delved far back to what I remember of critical theory at college. I know. Who'd have thought? Couldn't remember if I'd... I'd read Orientalism or not. And then I saw this on Tumblr. Uh, Matt Murdoch opens with a lot of sacrifices, a opens with a lot of sacrifices, a law firm with his best friend, but can barely pay the bills because he keeps working pro bono. Jessica Jones has to beat up the clients that refuse to pay her. Can't even buy a plane ticket. Luke Cage constantly in debt because people put putting holes in his clothes. Danny Rand. That's my building. I think we kind of covered that earlier, though, because you were saying, kind of like, people complaining about uh, Danny because he's, like, yeah, this rich guy, uh, but he's not, I mean, he's not really, is he? He's. I mean, he's he's he has money, yes, but what does that mean to Danny Rand? It means nothing. It mm-hmm. doesn't help him in any of his endeavours. Like, he is suffering a deeply spiritual uh, crisis, and he's... Uh, <laughs> sorry. So, I mean, yeah... For the past 15 years, he's been training in a monastery. I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we, we went through all this before, but yeah, money, that, that's the point. Danny Rand gets the company, he has all the money, but it doesn't actually help him at all. Mm. And he doesn't even want it, really. So, yeah, no, he doesn't have to pay off debts like Luke Cage and stuff, but he still has to worry about, well, I can't get into it too much, but there's a lot of things Danny has to worry about when it comes to Kunlun uh, he still saw his parents die. He's still suffering from that post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he has to fight off the triad. He has to fight all these guys. And he's still trying to do the right thing. And he's trying to unravel the whole conspiracy. Yeah. And I, would, I wouldn't yeah. want all characters to have the same problems. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Danny having money, that doesn't... Because it's not like Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark. That's not a part of his thing. Mm. Because he, people, he didn't even. Uh, if you look at the first few episodes, when he comes back, he's not coming back to get his company. He's just coming back to see Harold. Yeah. And he just kind of gets his company back because they just attack him so viciously. And the only way he defends himself is he gets his company back. And that's the thing I noticed. Danny is very reactionary. Yeah. All of these early episodes, like he hasn't taken any proactive action because Danny doesn't really know what he wants to do he starts reacting to the hand presence because Harold tells him to. Uh, he reacted to 
being attacked by Joy and Ward, so he sought out Jerry to help him out, and she's like, let's get your company back. So, yeah, and I think the other thing is uh, a lot of Danny's motives are kept mysterious, which mm-hmm. I don't think helps uh, make him endearing, I guess, because all the other characters, they were laid out pretty bare yeah. in the first couple of episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry for the rambling. No, no, I no, uh, I agree with... I've already expressed my point, but yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with what you said, and I think as well, um, it, it is hard with this character because there's so much stuff that hasn't been revealed. Um, yeah. Uh, and they, I think that his the fact that he's quite reactionary, I think, is something they bring up later in the series, if I remember right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do understand Sedna's point as well because I often argue that the, one of the reasons I prefer Daredevil to Batman is that that Batman is just a uh, whiny rich guy, so I can understand the point of view as yeah. well. Um, but... I guess the thing is, so Danny's not Batman. Yeah, he, exactly. He's nothing. Like I think Batman's a whiny rich guy as well. Like I, I'm not a big Batman fan, but I, I just think Danny's very different. People are lumping him in with other billionaire superheroes, and that's just there's just so much more going on with Danny. Yeah, um, he's yeah, he's not a, an Iron Man. He's not a Tony Stark. And he's been too. a he's been a billionaire for what like two days at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Although we have yeah. we have um you know try, we were trying to name billionaires in Marvel weren't we Matt so he is in the billionaires club in Marvel but I think yeah. he'd be yeah. the one that would be feeling a bit uncomfortable in the corner. <laughs> yeah, we've seen how good he is at uh, board meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Sedna continues. I think some big part of it is I don't find Finn Jones physically attractive. Curly hair and beard, yuck, shallow, moi. Uh, well, we do know, Sedna, that you're totally in love with Matt Murdock, so that's fine. Uh, all convincing. His Tai Chi looks more like voguing. Not my line, but I love it. And my fears about him being the most annoying trust trustafarian backpacker were confirmed as I squirm every time he speaks Mandarin to an Asian person and imparts trippy-tacker wisdom. I'm old and this, and then she's put a link to uh, the TV series Monkey, if you guys remember that, which I'll put on the group. Yep. Um, and oh, this monkey. monkey was one of my fave programs as a kid. On top of that, there's very little jeopardy. How can he lose if he's the best martial artist in the world? Oh, but sometimes he's inconveniently unable to summon the Iron Fist until he can. We root yeah. for Matt and Jessica and Luke, who, despite their enhancements, face their adversaries, adversity sorry, without the safety net Danny's wealth and privilege provide. I realise it's usually essential for a superhero team to have a billionaire on board, but it takes an actor of the calibre of Robert Downey Jr. who brings so much wit and sass to Tony Stark, not to mention a better portrayal of PTSD, and makes us like him despite everything. Rant over. Ward's finger thing in this episode is the best bit in the series so far. Much love, (laughs) Sedna. Thank you, Sedna. That was great. I agree that the finger thing is the best thing so far. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I did, however, say, uh, one of my things, however, is I don't like the fact that they just did Tony Stark's PTSD and Iron Man 3 and then kind of forgot about it. And we're like, yeah, he's over it. Uh, also, Finn Jones' Mandarin is a lot better than Vincent D'Onofrio's. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I, I remember, like, I I don't know Mandarin at all, but I remember just hearing Vincent D'Onofrio's in the series and being a bit like, eh, that doesn't sound right he had a to lot, me. He had a lot more of it to memorize, but yeah. Yeah. But he was having it fed uh, oh. in his ear, wasn't he? And then he was repeating it, I remember, when they were filming. Yeah. From a character perspective, there's nothing wrong with, like, Danny speaking Mandarin because he's lived 
and Kunlun longer than he's lived. In, yeah, absolutely. Our world, like he is, he's essentially he's from Kunlun, not Earth, really. So yeah, he just thinks he's in the Firefly universe. <laughs> yeah, he just goes in between the two. Oh, he would fit in so well in Firefly. Oh. <laughs> uh, right, so now it is time to rate this episode. Uh, Connor, you are our super duper special guest, so you get to go first. Um, I don't, I'm not really good with ratings. Uh, I guess I'll rate it seven. Okay. Uh, for me, it was one of the weakest episodes. Not as in it was bad, it's just... A lot of the other episodes were very memorable and had a lot of things in them, whereas I think in this episode, and nothing really sticks out for me, it was a lot of uh, development for the next episode. Mm-hmm. So, But that being said, it was good. I really liked the uh, whole cancer case thing. The that And uh, that was probably the most interesting thing of the episode for me. I also really liked Ward's... Uh, how he's, he's just... His downward spiral, like, he just... He even screws the company over just to rebel against his dad. I really like that, too. So, yeah, that was great. Yeah. So, seven. Awesome. Matt, you can go next. Uh, I really liked the previous episode. Thinking right now about it, I can't remember why I liked it, but I'm pretty sure the previous episode was my favorite episode so far. <laughs> the hallway fight. Oh, the elevator fight. No, it wasn't about the fighting. It was just oh. an entertaining episode. I don't know that. <laughs> but, uh... And then uh, this episode uh, was, yeah, it's probably one of the weaker ones. But it did give me some uh, an appreciation for the character of Ward. Yay! And uh, it did get our first team up. Um, for my rating, though, what what were they eating? In the, uh, in the I don't know. Take out Chinese, I guess. It looked like a duck or something. Yeah. Right. So uh, 7 out of 10 duck. Bits of duck ground into a dojo's tatami mats. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh. Speaking of which, by the way, I spilled an entire pot of miso in my um, bag the other day. So my entire bag smells oh. of miso, which is, is fine, Ooh. but it's making me hungry because <laughs> oh. it's dried out now did and you, I can't get the smell out. Did you ever watch the American Office? No. <laughs> the, Why would I? I've got the English one. I know, but there was one like, scene where uh, one of the characters, I think his name's Kevin, he came in early and made chili for everyone, and he just spills in t- like the biggest pot of chili you've ever seen all over the carpet. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. You're never getting that smell out. Yeah. But yeah, don't eat in a dojo, people. <laughs> how many, um, what just, points? Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, don't eat in a... Mm. Uh, how many points did you give it, sorry, Matt? Seven. Seven, okay. Um, I donkeys. Out of 10. donkeys. <laughs> I yeah, I like bits of this episode. I love Ward, uh, particularly giving the finger. I like the the fight in the um, in the truck, particularly Danny throwing the frying pan made me laugh. Um, but yeah, it's not my my favorite episode. I think it's quite a weak episode. Also, uh, Claire isn't particularly annoying in this episode, but it just reminds me how much she annoys me later on in the season. She's not annoying in this episode? Well, she's not as annoying as well, she is, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Gets a lot worse. Yeah, she does, <laughs> unfortunately. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Harold is the X-Men, X-Men known as Storm. And that gives us a, oh, uh, hang on, 
it won't work out the calculation of only three of us. Alright, so I'm going to add a zero, and that gives us a average of seven. No, 6.5. Hmm. 6.5. Oh. So, yeah, wow. quite a weak episode. Um, I think things will improve next week. Um, next week, episode six, is the one that most critics who got the first six episodes said was their favourite episode. Well, good. Yeah. Six is amazing. Super gel. Rebecca, I'll say that. <laughs> I'll, definitely be, I'll definitely be writing in for that one. So Awesome. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking it's, forward it's to. Episode. I'm looking forward to next week. Definitely, there's a lot of cool stuff. I think Matt will enjoy it. Opinion spoilers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very in, much in for the, having the me. Morning. Sorry about my That's disorientation right. and ranting and. Oh. That's we. We're all about you know just going off on weird tangents in this podcast. Don't worry. Like no, sometimes, sometimes I edit I them like out. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> no, thank you okay. so much. And this is where you can plug your uh, your podcast. Oh yes, uh, um, so I do an Iron Fist podcast with uh, a guy called Carl and a gal called Rebecca. It's called Sons of the Dragon: The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast. We are on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Garden. Uh, I mean, if you look at Iron Fist podcast, you'll find us pretty quickly. Unless we're on iTunes, because for some reason every podcast under the sun appears before us, so <laughs> whatever. But yeah, awesome. We talk about Iron Fist comics mostly, uh, but we did do an episode on the show, so yeah. I definitely need to listen to it so I can get more Iron Fist knowledge. Because <laughs> at the moment I rely it's on a long my episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I just mean in general, listen to the podcast. Mm. Um, you said about other podcasts uh, come up before your one on iTunes. Well, if people search for us on iTunes, they sometimes find the super, super, super Christian podcast called The Defenders Podcast, uh, which we have I've had tweets about too. before. <laughs> yes, I've been tweeted before with people talking about, um, you know, stuff they've heard on that podcast. And I'm like, eh, wrong one. We talk about superheroes <laughs> and punching stuff. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, awesome. Matt, have you got anything to plug that's new? Twin Peaks coming back soon again, we've been saying for two years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twin Peaks podcast, uh, Matt is Wrong About Games podcast, Shenmue AM2 podcast, Hooplecast. Check them all out. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Uh, and I'm going to plug Calavici Fashion Cast. We're still talking about uh, Quantum Leap. This is uh, co-host Tammy and myself. Um, we talk about Quantum Leap. Mainly we talk about the fashions, uh, particularly the fashions that Al Calavici wears, because uh, there are some crazy fashions going on, and I kind of want to change my entire wardrobe to what Al Calavici wears in that show, because it's amazing, um, but really enjoying talking about Quantum Leap. Um, yeah, so you can check that out at Calavici Fashion Cast. So next week, guys, I mean, Matt, you can do some predictions if you want. Uh, we will be covering Immortal Emerges from Cave. An awesome name. Yeah, it's, it suits the episode. So it's, is it the first non-kung fu name? Uh, I think so. Like it could be a move. That's this move is where a, uh, an iron fist pops out of his uh, his beard. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the old um, Chuck Norris joke? You know, it's like what's under Chuck Norris's beard? Another fist. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Nice. That's the name of that move. Immortal emerges from cage. Or, or <laughs> from cave. <laughs> Immortal <laughs> emerges from beard. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Uh, Connor, do you want to take us out with an Excelsior? Or you can take us out with a doing the finger at the ceiling. Which we can't hear. Which we can't uh, hear. It's up to you. I'll, I'll uh, Excelsior! Yay! Give the finger to your step foster. Give your finger to whatever parental yeah. figure you have. Yeah. Tell them you're not going to take any more of their crap. Yeah, man. tell them to suck on that, Dad. Not Major part of your system. Finger. I threw it on the ground. I ain't part of your system, <laughs> man. <laughs> May your rebellion become unto like a thing of iron. Exactly. And we will be back next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!